you've entered into the world of alternate realities. Here, paradigms are shifted, minds are blown, and veils are lifted. Actual supernatural experiences are brought to life through storytelling by the people who experience them. Welcome to Adventures in Mysticism with Leah Grant, where the esoteric is explored and consciousness is expanded. Visit adventuresinmysticism.com to further your spiritual development through Leah's latest offerings. And now we continue with this episode's mystical adventure. All right, welcome to Adventures in Mysticism. Our guest today is the gorgeous Elizabeth Hoekstra, who is the author of Recipe for Expanded Consciousness and a big part of Forbidden Knowledge TV. Mm -hmm. She has, and she's so multidimensional. You read her bio, which, and we're going to give her a chance to tell us a little bit more about herself. She has had many lives in this life. And I'm sure she's going to share more about that with us today. I'm so happy to have you here with us, Elizabeth. Thank you so much. I appreciate that introduction. And yes, yes, you're absolutely right. I've had a million lives. <laughs> in one. So, so tell um, us a little bit about yourself. Yeah. So um, basically I was adopted. Um, and so, you know, my life kind of started off a little bit strange in that avenue because, um, you know, it caused a lot of trauma as a young child um, for me, which I was a little bit unconscious because I didn't know why I had these issues. Right. Mm -hmm. So just that alone kind of led me into a um, kind of negative spiral at, at the beginning of my life. So, you know, the beginning, you know, ages 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, all the way until about mid 20s was a little rough just because I feel like maybe I came into this dimension not in the right energy. So I attracted, you know, a lot of negative circumstances. And, you know, I always look to um, self-soothe in negative ways. <laughs> so, um, you know, I that that caused a lot of drama. But at the same time, um, you know, my life has been about hustle. You know, I've always been a hustler. So no matter, you know, what mental health issues I was having or no matter, you know, the, the drugs and alcohol that I got involved with, you know, I still had the parallel of the success from, you know, outer world looking in, you know, I looked very successful. Um, successful meaning in career, you know, I, I've done a lot of things. Um, let's see here. <laughs> I was a model and actress for a long time. I lived in LA and Hollywood and was on red carpets and been on movies and, you know, covers of magazines. So that life was, was really fun. I wouldn't trade it for anybody. Um, you know, it was a lot of fun, a lot of drugs and alcohol though, a lot of self-soothing. Um, but I did get to meet a ton of people through that career. And then, um, you know, I slowed down a little bit because I wanted to really create some stability in my life, which I didn't have. The entertainment industry doesn't really provide too much of that. So, <laughs> so um, I decided to go back to school um, and get my culinary degree. So then I became a chef. I, be, I was a pastry chef for about five, six years. And I hated my life. It was awful. I really like to create beautiful desserts and tasty desserts, but the industry crushed it for me. It was, it was awful that see the culinary industry is very abusive. I mean, and, and I don't even think that necessarily that chefs realize it because they're so in it, right? It's, it's, mm -hmm. 
I mean, it's long, hard work hours, no breaks, no sitting down. I mean, it's just, it's a lot, it's a lot to handle. So, um, you know, I had a newborn baby at that time, so I hardly ever got to see my son. So it was rough. So finally I had the guts to walk away from that industry. And, um, then I got my real estate license and I started a real estate license, uh, real estate team. It was called the pretty girl team. Um, I was recruiting women and um, that was pretty successful. Um, you know, I got hired by a political party in Michigan to help them get their campaign offices in which I got the most campaign offices for them in the shortest amount of time and broke all records, which was dope. Congratulations. <laughs> um, thanks. Thanks. I, I liked real estate, but I found that I really enjoyed just the business side of management of really, you know, creating new things, not necessarily closing deals. You know, I found that I really enjoyed just working with people and, you know, just coming up with new ideas and making those ideas happen. So um, I got sick of real estate, long story short. And then I started working actually at a um, mental health gym. It was a wellness center. And I became um, the company's president pretty quickly because um, of all the connections that I had kept from entertainment and, you know, real estate and culinary, I was just mixing it all together <laughs> to, um, you know, create a, a dope, different atmosphere for this wellness center, um, which is kind of how I met Billy, Billy Carson and Forbidden Knowledge. And then he, long story short, he basically recruited me. And um, now I'm working for Forbidden Knowledge. I'm the director of operations for, um, you know, Forbidden Knowledge, Inc., which is an exciting, exciting place to be. Um, I love what we do. And I love the intent of the company and just everything that it's about. So I'm really, really walking in my best shoes right now, I think. Um, and then, yeah, just on my own, I created the brand um, Biohack Your Best Life. Um, I did, you know, we just put my book out, The Recipe to Elevated Consciousness. So, I mean, we're doing a lot of cool things. And um, yeah, I mean, that's just, you know, kind of kind of where I'm at right now. <laughs> no, that is super exciting. And I can completely feel like your fire and your energy and, and just your love for what you're doing right now and how it's taking all those pieces of things that you had done in the past and really gelling them together. So you can really live your highest purpose. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's great. I mean, it's a, it's a great life. Um, throughout, you know, my, my life of ups and downs, you know, really, um, after my son was born, it was really like, you know, time to get your stuff together, time to wake up and really, really, you know, do things <laughs> the correct way, because, right. you know, now, now I'm responsible for another human. So, you know, the awakening process for me has been really amazing, really, really amazing. And, um, you know, I just, uh, I'm in competition with only myself, you know, I just want to be better every single day. So, <laughs> That's an awesome way to look at it too, to not compete against other people. And, you know, it's funny, I, I can relate to you in, in many ways because I've been very multidimensional myself, but I'm also adopted. Mm, wow. And, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. And I spent 18 days in the hospital right after birth. Mm. So there's some things that have come and I didn't learn that until recently because I was having different issues like connection issues and things like that. And, and I was like, where's this coming from? Like, because my adopted parents were really awesome. Right. And then I find out, oh, well, but you were, we didn't get you until you were 20 days old. Cause you had to mm. spend 18 
18 days in the hospital with like nobody coming to see you, nobody like cuddling you. No, right. And it's like, oh, well, duh. <laughs> that, that, that really affects you. And I don't think people realize it. Mm-mm. Probably had all type of abandonment issues. You probably felt like you were going to die if people walked away from you or something, you know? And it's hard. Well, I can tell you I've stayed in some relationships way longer than I should have for that reason. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. And you know what? It's so hard to really, you know, that those triggers. Right. So like throughout my consciousness life, um, I've really dug into the triggers that I have. And I was like, why do I get so it, it literally feels like I'm physically dying when someone walks away from me or when I'm feeling abandoned? You know, they were they, they never left me. They they only wanted to help me. So I'm like, why is this? You know, why am I feeling these ways? You know, it, it really, really impacts you. It really impacts you. So it's great that you you figured out what that was was about. You know, a lot of people don't. <laughs> right. Well, those formative years, zero to seven are so important. And even what happens in the womb, that's why I say yes. zero to seven. And a lot of people don't realize that part. They're like, well, I had a normal childhood. And it's like, yeah, but what happened like before you even came out? So yeah, exactly. All right. So we could go down this rabbit hole, but I want to get to your juicy stories, your adventures in mysticism, so to speak. So can you share with us, like, what was your first supernatural or paranormal or kind of galactic experience that you remember? See, this is so wild because, you know, I don't, I haven't talked about this online or anything yet, but it's, it's the craziest thing. And it's, it's the realest thing that I've ever experienced or been through the realest, not like me and you sitting here, you know, talking, this is real, but this experience that I had was realer than, than this back and forth. So, um, so basically when I was, uh, 19 years old, I was, you know, an awful, awful teenager. Um, I was going through a lot. I was addicted to drugs. I was disrespectful. You know, my dad and I were really butting heads just all the time. And, um, we had this big blowout fight and I said to him, you better calm down and stop yelling at me before you get a heart attack and die. And he was like, I hate you. I was like, I hate you too. And that's the last thing we ever said to each other because a month later he went in for knee surgery and he had complications from that knee surgery afterwards. I didn't think he was going to die, you know, but I was refusing to talk to him because I'm like, you know, you hate me. So whatever. Um, so after he, he died, you know, that, that amount of guilt on my shoulders, I, I went into a deep depression. I couldn't even get out of bed for about two weeks. I wouldn't get up. I wouldn't, I hardly drank water. You know, it was really, really, I was just in a dark place. I didn't want to live anymore. It was one of the darkest, darkest places I've ever been in my life. And, um, you know, just that, that caring of guilt is just, you know, not something that, that anyone, <laughs> anyone, you know, could probably bear, you know, for, for long periods of time. So, I mean, I was really contemplating suicide at that time. It was just, it was very, very, I was in a dark place. Um, so so this did, one night, he got, did he die of a heart attack? He died of, um, I think it, it was fluid in his lungs, which put him into cardiac arrest. So, so yeah, I think, I think it was, I think it was. I'm that. so sorry. That is, that is it was so crazy, tough. but you know what? I feel I feel okay because of this, because of what happened. So after about two weeks, right, I'm sleeping in my best friend's rest in peace, Tyrone Childs. Um, I was sleeping in my best friend's basement and I was just in such a dark place. I wasn't talking to anybody, but I went to sleep and all of a sudden I was 
in his dream state and I was on the floor and it was this huge, it was just a white room and it was endless. There was, it was just space. Right. And I was on my knees and I was in my head in my hands and I'm bawling, crying. And I'm just, I'm just, you know, bawling, bawling. And all of a sudden I see my dad. Right. But he's not walking like a human. Right. I could see his face, but he was in a white robe. It was like, he was gliding to me. Right. And so I saw him glide towards me, come towards me. And he put his hand on my shoulder. Right. And he didn't say anything, but I could hear his words in my head. It, it was clear as day. I mean, he didn't say anything to me, but I could literally hear all of him and everything he was trying to, to say to me. You know, he was like, I'm, I'm so sorry. You know, we we know we love each other. I only want the best for you. You know, that last conversation was not our life together. You know, it was just all of these beautiful forgiving words, apologizing to me and explaining to me how much he loved me and you know, how that last conversation wasn't, wasn't it, you know? And, um, I just remember after he was done giving me this message, he took his hand off my shoulder and glided away. And I was trying to grab for him. I'm like, come back, you know, please come back. And, um, but basically, I mean, he, he just disappeared. Right. So I woke up the next morning and literally it was like that the, the weight of the guilt was completely lifted. It was completely gone. I had zero sense of guilt anymore. And I told my best friend, I'm like, let's go, you know, we should go work out. I'm starving. You know, like he was like, what the hell is wrong with you? (laughs) I was like, listen, I'm good. You know? So it was, it was night and day. It was night and day how everything, you know, happened like that. So I know that was him, which is why I told you at the beginning of the story, like it was the realest experience that I've ever had in my whole life. It was realer than, than life itself. So I know that was him. And if he didn't do that, I would not be the person I am today. I probably would have offed myself a long time ago. So, I mean, I, wow. he needed to come to me, you know, so that that right there was <laughs> life changing. But it, what a phenomenal gift for him to give you from the other side. Yes, yes. That and was- as you were telling that story, I was getting chills. I, like I just kept getting them because sometimes I'll get like one chill, but I kept getting them. I was like, oh, this was an intense experience. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was real. It was, it was major. And, um, so what you know, did I, you change after that? Um, to be very and completely transparent with you. Um, I didn't too much change much. I mean, I would say that, um, you know, at 19, that's when I first experienced my first, um, you know, biohacky thing, my first holistic modality, Um, And that really kind of shifted my perspective and gave me some hope that um, I didn't have to do drugs and alcohol all the time, all the time to feel good, you know. Um, But honestly, I didn't really take that that giant leap of of change and and really implement change until my son came. So um, that experience, it just it really took the, the guilt off my shoulders, really. Which is phenomenal because guilt is one of the lowest vibration emotions. Yes. And, and it will destroy the body over time if you hold on to it. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay. So, so share with us, I know you've had more than just that experience. So, so can you share with us, like, what was the most impactful or kind of like extraordinary mm-hmm. supernatural experience you've had? Um, well, I don't know 
necessary. Well, I guess you could say it is. Um, I had some regression work. I did some regression work and I actually regressed back into my mother's womb, which is interesting that you, you talked about this earlier. Um, I regressed back into her womb halfway through pregnancy. Stress hormones can cross the placenta. So the baby starts feeling the mother's emotions halfway through pregnancy. So I regressed back and I think it was during a time, I don't know, I think it was halfway through pregnancy because I could feel everything that she was feeling and she was not happy. (laughs) She was just stressed out, upset and depressed. And it was just, it wasn't good, you know, which actually that healed a lot for me because it made me understand myself better. You know, it, it got to the root of these triggers that I always had that I never understood why, you know, and then um, I had another regression session where I actually experienced my birth all over again, coming out the womb. And, um, you know, I knew I never saw my mom. I never saw her eyes. She never held me. I just got taken right away um, by the nurses. And, you know, like you, I was kind of left alone and just, you know, whatever monitored for the next three months of my life. So um that was very healing for me and very impactful because it connected a conscious memory to the reason why my trigger of abandonment was so grand throughout my whole life. So that really healed. You know, I still get these feelings sometimes, but at least now I know where they stem from. So it was really, really impactful. (laughs) Now, did you go into those regression hypnotherapies knowing that you wanted to go back into the womb and back into birth, or did they just take you there based on trying to heal the trigger? So one of them, the one, when I regressed back to my mother's womb, I was so super unexpected. I I was not, I was getting body work done actually. And, um, the, what my body worker had put, you know, her hand somewhere where my cells had remembered that, that memory that I had to process, right. Cause your cells remember everything all the time. Um, and they hold on to things just, you know, it's a fractal of, of our big cells, you know, so you got to be able to, um, your cells need to process information as well. Um, so yeah, I guess she put a, her hands on my body in a place where, you know, my cells needed to process that, that memory. So it just came rushing up to my head. Like, you know, I was like, Oh crap, this is crazy. Um, but the other one I did go in with the intent, um, it was actually a regression regression session. So it was hypnotherapy. And I did go back with that intent of, you know, really experiencing that again, because I knew I needed to connect something from my birth to figure out, you know, who I am. <laughs> well, that speaks to how intuitive that you were though, to know, like, I need to go back to this moment of my birth. Mm-hmm because that's where it feels like something got disconnected or something got upset or distorted. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That was it. That was it. Um, you know, I had a friend that always told me that my abandonment issues were because I was adopted and it's a huge trauma. And I literally walked around my whole entire life until probably about five years ago. Like, I, it's nothing, you know, it's not a trauma. It's not a big deal. My parents are my parents. They're awesome. You know, <laughs> like, but it was the biggest, you know, probably the biggest. You know? Oh, and I, I say that too. Like, my, you know, I, in the past, I have said that too, where it's like, I love my parents. I had a great family. So mm-hmm. grateful for that. Mm-hmm. And yet there's these little pieces that will show up and I resist calling them trauma because yeah, yeah. like, I don't recall them. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and of course I think of trauma as being something like, you know, somebody getting hit by a car or a parent beating them. And, you know, in this case, the parent made the best choice that they had available to them in that moment. 
Yeah. Yeah. You know, and so like logically I know that, but you know, that little fetus and that little baby doesn't know that. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Wow. That little baby then, and then that's what gets stuck in your physical body and your emotions, you know, whatever that baby is feeling at that time. So, you know, it can really, really impact you in ways. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Now I know you've also gone on some trips to Egypt and to some of these, you know, ancient lands. Have you had any experiences at those that, you know, have kind of made you go, wow, okay, there's something here. Yeah. Yeah. Really interesting, actually. So there's tunnels in Saqqara in Egypt and, um, huge, huge, massive tombs. I'm talking like thousands of tons of, you know, granite in these, these tunnels. And, um, it was a really interesting feeling actually. Um, the mental health gym or the, the wellness center where I used to work at had this machine called the magnosphere and it's two very, very large copper rings. And you basically sit in the center of it and it lends you a very low magnetic frequency, but it stimulates your vagus nerve. So it shifts you out of sympathetic into parasympathetic, you know, so it just down regulates you basically. Um, and you kind of can feel the, the waves of, of, I don't know, I just feel waves whenever I was in that, that, that modality. So when I was in Egypt, walking through these tunnels in Saqqara, it was like, holy crap, like, I felt the exact same, you know, waves, like energy through my body. And I was like, this is different. But that makes so much sense because I really feel that um, those tunnels in Saqqara, you know, those are the halls of Amenti. I really feel like it. And that's what, you know, you know, Billy Forbidden Knowledge had, had thought the same thing. And that would not surprise me because, you know, in, in the halls of Amenti, they have these rejuvenation chambers, right? Which reminded me of those tombs. We actually, Billy actually got inside one of those tombs. <laughs> and I bet inside those tombs, the resonance in there is, you know, even more crazy than even just going through the tunnels. Right. So, I mean, there's something different. There's definitely something different out there. The energy is definitely different. <laughs> so I'm curious, are there, is there copper in those tunnels? I have not been in them. No, no, I don't think there is. There's granite though, magnetized granite. Okay. All those those tombs. Um, they said that they were tombs for for cattle. So that's what the you know media says that they're tombs for for cattle. Um, but those those tombs are um, magnetized granite. So wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I can imagine that would be really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Really crazy. <laughs> really crazy. Um, yeah, yeah. Really crazy. I just, you know, (laughs) you you can just honestly feel, it just feels different. You know, even when I'm in Michigan, I live between Michigan and Florida. When I'm in Michigan, it feels different here than it feels in Florida. You know, I think just, that's just how life kind of works, you know, and, and there's different places that carry, you know, a different vibration depending on where you're at, you know, and I feel like Egypt is especially different because, you know, there are pyramids all over this earth and they're basically built on top of these energetic fields. So of course, you know, the energy over there is going to feel way different because, you know, back in ancient days, I mean, they decided to build these massive structures there for a reason. So, yeah, no, absolutely. And there's, there's a whole system of astrology called astrolocality and our astrolocation. And it's based on like, especially like what is your best positioning on the earth? So like, 
So you can put two people in Detroit or two people in Florida, and they're going to have a different energetic frequency with that space based on how their own energy aligns with it. Mm. You know, I have, for example, I have, whenever I go to Costa Rica, I end up having these giant like breakthroughs and they're either really amazing or they're really difficult. Mm. And I found out that Costa Rica is on my Pluto line. And so Pluto can be a hard line to live on, but it can also be like a very big illumination line. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So it makes total sense what you're talking about, that it feels so different in different places. Yeah. Yeah, it does. It really, really does. If you just, you know, if people could settle down a little bit and just take a second, you know, just to breathe and, and live and become present they would realize a lot more, you know, a lot more detail about this, this interesting life we live here. (laughs) Right. Right. So I ordered your book and it's arriving today. Unfortunately, it's not here so I can hold it up, but you had it so you could hold it up. Yes. Um, yes, yes. So what do you really focus on in the recipe for expanded consciousness? So I basically, the first half of the book is an interview. I was actually interviewed by Regina Meredith and um, it's an interview on my life story. Um, So to be able to extract that, you know, all that information, you know, we thought it was kind of a different and cool idea to get interviewed and to put the interview straight in the book. So the first half of the book is that interview. And then the second half of the book, I think I have 46 modalities in that book, um, that I use to elevate my consciousness. So that, you know, that's why I called it the recipe to elevated consciousness. Cause I, I really use these tools and tricks and, um, to get myself out of addiction, to get myself out of, um, depression, to get myself out of anxiety and to really, um, start living a sober life aligned with my divine nature, you know, and like all of these things that I wrote in the book, literally got me there. It's my recipe. <laughs> so, you know, um, the second half of the book is, is all the modalities and I put in, um, research and links so people can do their own research. I find that it's so important for people to really come to their own conclusion about things and not just follow the leader. You know, they, they really need to do their own research, you know, because if the mind, I don't know, the mind is a powerful thing. You know, it's a very, very powerful thing. If you believe you can or you can't, you know, that's that's what it's going to be. So mm-hmm. um, I always recommend people to do their own research, which is why I put in those links. And then I have a couple of QR codes. If, you know, people are interested in, in finding the products that I use to really help help me get better. Um, and then, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. <laughs> that's pretty much it. That's awesome. I loved the title of your book because when I read your bio and then I was looking at that, I was like, oh, she was a chef and she's got yes. the recipe. I'm like, I like how you meshed those oh, two yeah. things together as <laughs> yeah. well. It's perfect. So you're going to be one of the guides, um, along with Billy is going to join you, yes. uh, at spiritually architect the future on March 24th and 25th. Mm-hmm. And you all are focusing on the topic of transformation and you're going to share some of these transformational tools from the book. Do you want to give a little taster to the listeners of um, what they have in store for them? Yes, yes. So I won't go deep into it because I know that um, we need to save some content for the day. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, we'll be we'll be talking about grounding. 
And um, grounding is is so, so important. And it's not grounding as in I'm going to ground myself. No, it's literally the scientific, you know, it, it's, it's the actual transfer of electrons from the earth's surface into your body. <laughs> so mm-hmm. we're going to be talking about that and the benefits of it. It will change your life. It will literally anybody that has ever followed my direction and, and gotten these products and done, you know, gone outside barefoot and, you know, they, they've, their lives have changed. I get messages literally every single day. So, um, you know, my, one of my main goals in this whole, (laughs) this whole thing, especially with forbidden knowledge, I want to be able to ground more than a million people, um, in the next year. So, um, just because it's, it's, so important. And it's a highly missed factor. That's just so easy and free and that, you know, everybody should be doing it. So we'll be diving deep, deep into grounding. And then, um, you know, I was thinking about doing a couple things, working your lymphatic system as well as, um, emotional freedom technique. So I'll be running people through, um, you know, EFT tapping, which is very, you know, that was a huge thing, you know, that changed my life as well. So, Mm -hmm. Phenomenal. Well, we're so looking, I'm so looking forward to having you all on the event. And so, you know, earthing is an amazing thing. I think it's so where we need to be right now because we've been so pulled up into our heads. Like if you look at what we're doing now, it's, you know, we're on the phone up here, we're putting the VR on up here, we're getting into the multiverse up here. And it's almost like I've even seen some of those multiverses. They don't even have a bottom half of the body. They're like these little rounded beings. Right. And so there's that loss of that connection with the earth that I think is so important, you know, as above, so below, but we want to connect on both pole, both polarities. Yes. Yes. You're absolutely right. Absolutely. As above, so below. I'm really excited to have you all on. And so we're going to have information on where you can get uh, Elizabeth's book down in the show notes. But Elizabeth, do you want to say for the people that may be listening on Spotify, Apple podcasts and other places where to go? It is on Amazon. So now we we just had to send them out there. So it's available on forbidden.com with the number four, as well as my website, Elizabeth spelled with an S. Elizabeth I Hookstra, Hookstra spelled H-O-E-K-S-T-R-A.com. So it's available on our websites and it's also available now on Amazon. So um, yeah, you guys can find it on Amazon as well. And then if you guys want to look me up, um, my Instagram is Elizabeth I Hookstra, Elizabeth again, spelled with an S. (laughs) Fantastic. And we'll have that information in the show notes for everyone. And is there anything else you'd like to say to the listeners today before we close? Yeah. And I'm just, I'm really looking forward to, um, speaking and, you know, guiding people and really, really just sharing the knowledge that, um, that I have in my head. And, um, you know, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, I just, I just want this, whatever's in here to get out, you know, I want the knowledge to, to be widespread and I really want to make biohacking a household term. So fabulous. That's beautiful. And you have such a big heart. You're talking about getting this out there, but like you have such a big heart. I think it's more like kind of this out there, right? Thank you. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Phenomenal. Well, thank you everybody for tuning in today. We will have another episode for you um, on Tuesday. And until then, enjoy your supernatural life. Thank you for joining today's Adventures in Mysticism with Leah Grant. 
to go on more journeys with Leia, subscribe now to step more fully into your spiritual role of bringing about a positive high-frequency future for humanity, visit adventuresinmysticism.com.